You ever eat a banana and it's just so squishy and sweet that you don't know what to do? But then Triple H comes up to you and says, that's not a ham sandwich and you're not cool? Well, that's what we are, because we are Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 18. Um, I am the Renegade Enigma, and I have no idea what the fuck just happened. <laughs> but I am Viral Viper, a.k.a. Viper Freeze, who is in an I-don't-know mood. So, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. We have to... This is a new year, a new day. Yes, it is. And we have to be good with our podcast. I've heard complaints that this podcast isn't fun enough. This podcast doesn't have everything. This podcast does not appeal to me. I am not sure who you are that said that, but don't say it again, please. I will find you and hurt you. But we're here. So, Renegade, how are you? I'm all right. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Decade, I guess, because everybody on, like, the whole shit's a new fucking decade. It doesn't matter. 2024, asteroids coming. Bring it on, baby. 44 or 24? 24. It's in four years. We have four years to get our shit together before it all ends. It's coming, (laughs) and it's over. (laughs) Oh, shit. But, yeah, like, hope everybody had a good holiday if you celebrate Blah, 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 all that stuff. Good days for everybody. Yes. And this is the first podcast of the new year, and this is how we start off. Second speaking season. The second season. I don't know where he gets these seasons from, but don't pay any attention to him. He's drunk. Hey, Raw does it. Raw doesn't know what they're doing, just like the show that they had. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing. We're the shortest episodic podcast ever in history. We'll be longer. It, it starts to grow after a while. We have to massage it and let it mature. Blue Chew. Anyhow, Raw. Not that yeah. Raw, but Monday Night Raw. I mean, we could do that. Monday we're Night just going to stick to Raw. Monday Night Raw. So, Monday Night Raw was a... Show. I can't say it was a good show. I can't say it was a bad show. It was just B show. Wait, Roman wasn't on this show, so it wasn't just B show. It was a kind of a show. All right, that's all we can say. It was, yeah, it was good. Yeah, because it really didn't have any good substance to it. It wasn't something that we that you would go like, "Yo, that raw was all right," and it's not something that you would go like, "Yo, that was the worst raw ever." It, you just left with a feeling of, huh. Eh. That's how they're leaving this year. It had its good moments and its bad moments. So. Okay, I'm going to tell you a moment that they had that I was very confused with, and Twitter answered the question for me. Okay. There was, there was a challenge. So the OC came out with Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, and AJ Styles, and they were cutting the promo. And while they were cutting the promo, they were talking about how good of a tag team it was, and the Street Profits came out and said, Hey, we beat you guys. So they proceeded to have a match and they beat them. On commentary, everybody said the same thing was, oh, well, they beat the number one contenders, aka the best tag team in the world. So does that mean that they're getting a title shot? King immediately answers, nope, I don't think so. And 
Everybody left it at that. The show went on for the rest of the show. They never mentioned it again. They never said anything. Street Profits even had a thing in the back was like, yo, we should ch- we should challenge for the titles and the best of the world trophy. They said we should. They never said we're doing it. They said we should. They was like, but 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 enough of that and went into their multiverse. Yeah. But then you find out on Twitter, yes, they're going to have a triple threat match next week. I would have yeah. loved to know that they were going to have that match. Actually, yeah. before, not to cut you off, but before they went on the air, they they did show the versus screen. They they didn't like say too much about it, but they did show the versus screen. Like I want to say they did acknowledge it, but like it was so minute that if you're not paying hundred percent attention, you wouldn't notice it. Well, I must have not been paying attention because it really was like, wh- what the fuck. Like, when I, like, in my head, I'm like, yo, it makes perfect sense. On Twitter, it was like, man, it's just one of those things that I wish they would have explained it clearly for the non-wrestling, like, non-super hardcore viewers. Yeah, yeah, because they did explain it, but not well enough, I think, because yes, I, I just happened to see it, you know what I mean? It wasn't one of those, like, yeah, they, they said, like, a whole fucking thing about it. Yeah, because that's like that's literally an important match. Like you have one team that's a champion, then you have one team that won a tournament, and they're going to face off in a fucking match, and the winner gets all. So why not make that a big deal in a triple threat match with whatever? Like it just blows my mind that they don't stress the importance of that match. Vince doesn't seem to like tag teams like that. They say so. That's the thing. He doesn't, but. He needs to get his shit together. Basically. And speaking of getting his shit together, there was a storyline that... I don't... I'm angry that they're using this as a storyline. The whole Oscar and Becky Lynch thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, they literally, literally have a fucking storyline of just, yo... I want to beat Oscar because I have not beaten Oscar, and Oscar's beaten me every time except in the ring. That is literally the storyline he should have went with. That's it. Like that's it. That's enough to intrigue fans and make them go, "Oh shit, we need to see this." Because Becky has never beaten her, and Becky wants to fight her. That makes sense. What did they do? Let's convolute the storyline. Becky's talking about, "Hey, my contract's coming up, so I challenge Oscar." And the only reason it got signed was because my contract was coming up and WWE gives you anything they want because they want to keep you. And it's like, what? Like, why is that the story? Like, why, why did you have to bring that into the story? I was invested already, but this is where you're going? The contract situations are now a storyline? Didn't like it. Yeah, they kind of like threw shade at the people who like, you know, like use that to their advantage anyway. They kind of use that to their advantage because like only Larkin he threatened to leave and now all of a sudden he's back in with a huge contract though yeah yeah but you know what I mean I feel as which like people and I'm using him for example because like he's the one that, that stayed only one off the top of my head that stayed so you know what I mean he got what he wanted just to be bitching and whatever so my thing is her story that she bitched and she got what she wanted Okay, everybody and their mother knows Becky's not going to pick up and go anywhere. Basically. This, 
this made no sense to me. Like, even as a casual viewer, somebody that would look at it and be like, yo, this makes no sense. I know that her contract is not coming up anytime soon. Uh-huh. It's not coming up anytime soon. And once her contract does come up, she's not leaving. She has had her fucking most amazing run in WWE. She's headlined at WrestleMania. She's done everything that you can imagine a woman to do. She's not going to leave this company. She could stay more and stay there. Now, had this been Becky like a few years ago when she was like lost in the shuffle? I could see that Becky leaving. Yes. This one, no. She's like the top person there. She's literally, quote unquote, the man. You know what I mean? So. You know, I mean, it's not just a catchphrase. So, like, she could sit there and do the storyline or contract or whatever. No. She's like a John Cena type thing. Oh, I want to face her. I'm going to face her. Go on. Basically. But I didn't like that storyline. And we told you this back in November that Asuka and Becky were the planned main event for Royal Rumble. So, yeah. it's officially announced. And that's the thing. Speaking of the Royal Rumble, Charlotte threw her her name in a hat as one of the Royal Rumble participants. Also, congratulations to Charlotte because her and the new United States champion, Andrade, are engaged. Yep, as of yesterday. Yes. How do you feel about Charlotte being in the Royal Rumble and her talking about she hasn't lived up to her queenly potential this year. Uh, I'm okay with her being in the Royal Rumble. I don't think she's going to win it. I actually think um, Sasha's going to win it when she announces that she's going to win it, which I think is going to be obvious. Uh, as for her queenly potential, she's a damn dare 10-time ten, ten champion. I don't care how long a title run is, if you fucking like uh, um, build up those numbers, you're doing pretty well for yourself. Yeah. And as for that Sasha thing, I'm thinking Sasha wins at Elimination Chamber. That's how she gets her match at WrestleMania. But I'm thinking Shayna Baszler wins Royal Rumble. I'm sticking to that one. Oh, that, that's a good one, too. Yeah. But, yes, guys, this is Royal Rumble time, so we're going to start speculation of winners and people who's going to be in the Rumble. So stay tuned for the next couple of weeks when we throw names at you and say stuff, because we're going to say a couple things, and you're going to be like, no, those guys aren't going to be in the Rumble, and they're going to be in the Rumble. Trust us. We know people who know people that know people. That know other people. Exactly. And sticking with the Royal Rumble theme, Drew McIntyre. He says he's in the Royal Rumble. For those that don't know, that's a running gag with us. McIntyre. <laughs> yes. I actually... I don't see him being in the Rumble, and I'm going to explain why. Brock Lesnar's coming back next week, and he doesn't have an opponent for Royal Rumble. He's the champion. If you've been paying attention to Drew McIntyre recently... He's been doing little small hints of face things. So him saying he's going to be in the Royal Rumble, I think was a red herring to make people go, oh, he's in the Rumble. But I have a feeling like next week him and Brock are going to rub shoulders 
and that could be a potential main event, which I am going to be fucking excited for. Hell yeah. So what do you think about Drew McEntry probably taking on Brock Lesnar? I said hell yeah. So I'm all for it. <laughs> I said hell yeah before you even finish. But yeah, that like that is gonna be very awesome. Yeah, yeah, shit. That's gonna be a like a awesome match. Like that's the only word you could use for that. Right. And at the Royal Rumble, we're kind of we're kind of thinking that John Morrison is going to be in it. Who was the other person you said that was going to be in it? Velveteen Dream. Yes, Velveteen Dream has been out of action for months. We haven't even seen him or even thought about him. Him showing up in a Rumble, major pop. Yep. I have a question for you, though. Now that you like bring up the Royal Rumble, right? Mm-hmm. Usually for the Royal Rumble, we have, like, our usuals that show up, like, old legends and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I hate it when the old legends show up. I just have to show that up, to, like, say that mm-hmm. or not. But usually, like, we have people like Goldust show up, yes. right? Like, he made his return a couple times in the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. We've had DDP show up mm-hmm. in the Royal Rumble. I mentioned those two because those mm-hmm. right now are in AEW. DDP not so much. Like I don't know if he's like signed, signed, but he works more with them than anybody else right now. Mm-hmm. So with that said, who do you think is going to show up in the Royal Rumble as far as like a legend or whatever? Not someone that's going to win, make a big impact, just something like that. You know what? I, I honestly don't know. Like, I feel like there's not enough, like, older people to show up. And I don't want them to show up because if we're doing a World Rumble, they're going to have 30 people. 10, 10, 10. Yeah. Like, I don't want anybody's spot to get taken by some no name. I mean, like, not no name, but, like, older fuck. Like, just, like, 10 guys from Raw, 10 guys from SmackDown, 10 guys from NXT. Do it that way. Just, like, I don't want it any other way. Totally agree with you. That's the way I would want it, but you know how WWE works. So that's that's why I mentioned it. Like the only person I could see that they would come back that would pop the crowd and like people would get a little giddy for would be John Cena. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And the other one we've mentioned this a bunch of times. We know it's probably not happening. CM Punk would be another one. Yeah, that's probably not happening, but like that would be huge if it did. Yeah, it would like it would spark a lot of people. So like, I'm not really putting too much stock in this because I see that it could be a lot of spots filled by like NXT guys that are like super over, like Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, Damian Priest, uh, Roger Strong for one. Mm-hmm. It's like so many people that can be thrown into this Royal Rumble. And just just to let you guys know, a quick spoiler, spoiler, there will be an NXT, there will be NXT matches at WrestleMania. Just to throw that out there, there will be NXT So, who knows what's going to happen at the Royal Rumble, but since NXT is like a new power, merging them with Royal Rumble, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. 
And speaking of new power, Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens teaming up. Yeah, they make a, a, a great team, it, it looks like. Like, on paper, I, I'm pretty sure, like, in a match, they're going to be awesome. But they just look like they fit together. You know what I mean? It's like they have some kind of honor between the two of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know, they were both from Ring of Honor. That's why we made this. Basically. But, uh, yeah, like, it's like the way they dress and whatever, the way they carry themselves, they... They gelled like a matter of seconds as a team. Yes. And this Monday when they beat up AOP, that was, was that was pretty awesome. And Seth, I forgot Seth was there because he had on the one glove of destruction. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't glove. Get it. Like any listeners know what the hell that means? Let let me know. But like Please. when all the security like showed up and whatever, tried to separate them. Seth, like, blended in, and I could have sworn he was one of the security people, so. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. But, yeah, that's going to lead to a six-man with Seth Rollins, AOP versus Joe, KO, and I was going to say Roe, but Ray Mysterio. See? It's the old family. <laughs> I, I face palms because it just, it just supposedly weird. they might wind up being a faction too like that's like online speculation I could see Joe and Kevin actually becoming a team but not Ray but J-O-K-O Mysterio uh, uh okay <laughs> well, gee you said okay you, you're well, moving on yeah come on come on and over the weekend, Rey Mysterio lost the U.S. title to Andrade at Madison Square Garden at a live event. What? It was the same live event that Randy Orton got injured and almost had to retire. So why don't you take this part of the segment? Tell us what happened. So Randy came out limping. I could have sworn he could come out in a wheelchair and whatever. Like, they made it seem that bad. He couldn't get in the ring. He needed help from I don't know what the guy was. Like, a cameraman or something? Um, he's an assistant. Yeah, to help him in the ring. He's talking and whatnot. More or less, he said he he really wishes he could have um, went to WrestleMania this year and whatever. But he got injured and whatnot. And he's going to be gone for a really long time. That's Barbatum. And then he says he's not even sure if he'll be back at all and whatnot. So at that point, I'm kind of believing it and whatnot because it happened in the house show and whatnot. But then AJ Styles showed up. Once you get the interruption with these type of things, you you know it's bullshit. So AJ kept fucking with him, fucking with him, fucking with him, fucking with him until the end where like Randy's like, you know what? How? RKO. He's just fine. There's a lot more to that, but that's basically what happened. Like, I liked it, but didn't like it because it kind of toyed with my emotions because, like, I thought the guy was injured and whatnot. Now, if you fuck around and get injured, I'm not going to care or believe your ass. Screw you. (laughs) You know what's, like, the funniest thing about this whole situation? 
they kept teasing about they were going to have a match at WrestleMania. And me and you during the segment said five times, didn't they already have their match last year at WrestleMania? Yep, yep. And it was like, why then why are they having it again? But hopefully this runs its course before WrestleMania and gets it out of its system. Yeah. I did hear a rumor, however, though, because like people keep throwing this out there. And we talked about it a couple mm-hmm. times already on the podcast. The fact that um mm-hmm. Edge is coming back, supposedly, right? And mm-hmm. supposedly Randy might be his opponent. I don't like it. I don't like it because multiple reasons, but like one reason, RKO yeah. and, and yeah, yeah, I don't like it. That that doesn't mix. Yeah, like people didn't think that one through. Not at all. But uh, yeah, apparently they're doing the match at, at Royal Rumble instead, though. I hope they do. I'm like. Not- no disrespect against each man. To clarify, I don't want to, do- to clarify, not to cut you off for the listeners, because I didn't put like uh uh-uh, context in that. The match that I'm talking about for the Royal Rumble is AJ and Randy. I know you knew that, but you yeah. know. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't want either one of them in the Rumble. I like I love both men as wrestlers, but I don't want them going to WrestleMania or even getting close to it. <laughs> Let them have a match and not be in a Rumble. Yeah. But yeah, we can't talk about Raw without talking about the best part of it. I mean, you say it like that, but in all reality, it wasn't that bad, though. People making it like it's the worst thing ever. It wasn't great, but it wasn't the worst thing ever. Yeah, it could have been worse, people. So, like, just count your blessings that it, this one didn't go as bad as yeah, that. Yeah. So, we had the wedding of Lana and Leslie. Wait, no, no, no. Lana's sexy boyfriend, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> you have to say it the way they say it. <laughs> so the two of them get in the ring and they start going over their vows and they're doing their thing and then it goes to the part where if anybody objects, come out to Wait, the ring. before you do that though, Lana wrote all the vows and all that shit too. That was so funny. And it was all about her and shit. Like you had to say everything she wanted to the T. Like Lana's an actress. For those of you that don't know, she was in one of those movies. Um, Pitch Perfect. Yeah, Pitch Perfect. I was gonna say one of the cheerleading movies. Same thing, right? Same thing. Yeah, and I don't recall her in those movies, but apparently she was. She's a bad fucking actress, y'all. <laughs> She's a bad actress now. Like, what the hell? She's a, like, she she was okay in that in the movie, but now she's bad. She's yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, as he was saying, like, the um, guy, minister, judge, whatever the fuck the guy was supposed to be, said, does that anybody object to the wedding? And go ahead. And Lana's first husband came out, not Rusev, but the dude before Rusev. And he called Rusev a son of a bitch. And then he called Bobby a son of a bitch. And Bobby beat the shit out of him. 
So who's the son of a bitch now? The first son of a bitch. Yep. And then the minister said again, does anybody, does anybody have anything to say? Bobby Lashley's first wife came out. Not Crystal Marshall, but the one before that. Did they even acknowledge Crystal Marshall, by the way? Honestly, no, and that's really weird. <laughs> like, I even think they have kids together, don't they? I think I think they have their like, twins. Yeah, like, so... I don't know why, but they didn't acknowledge her. But whatever. So that, that's how that went. And then, last but not least... The person that everybody's been waiting on to come back. Wait, the priest said it again. He did. <laughs> and then the person came back. Liv Morgan. And I'm going to tell you what I wanted to happen. And then I'm going to tell you what actually happened. So Liv Morgan comes, to the, comes down and she's talking about, I can't let you do this because I love you. I've always loved you. I'm since a teen, you turned me into a woman and you made me fall in love. Now, my head, the first thing I'm thinking, because normal person would be like, oh, she's talking to Bobby. My head, my brain was, she's talking to the ring and she's talking to them too because they're making a mockery out of wrestling with this wedding angle and she loves the ring and she loves to be in there and wrestle and this is her ring and if she would have said that and came in and kicked both of their asses, well, not so much Bobby's, but Lana's, and, like, made it all about wrestling, it would have been a cool angle, and it would have been something different than anybody would have did. But what WWE did was made Liv confess her love to her partner, Lana. Not saying there's nothing wrong with that. Great. That's cool. But Sonya Deville, hello? She, she's there. She, she pitched an uh, angle like this before. She's actually a lesbian. Like, hello? Like, but, her and Mandy want, wanted to do a lesbian angle, and, like, they got shot down. Like, hello? Yep. Like, seriously. Like, you have, like, you have the story right there. Right there. But you go, no, I'm going to go with Liv and Lana. And it's like, okay, whatever. We're gonna we're gonna go with this story. They wind up fighting, getting cake all over, and then all of a sudden, Rusev pops out of the cake. Hello, motherfucker! I swear and he said that. I swear he said that. I, I think he did. <laughs> and that was the angle, and that's how it ended. Now the cool part. No, this is the cool part. Liv dug up all the pictures of her and Lana and posted them on Twitter to make everybody go, oh, maybe this angle was real. We know that they're just, they're really cool friends. So this is it's not a big shock that they have pictures yeah. of them. It just made it feel more consistent, though. Yeah, it made it feel like and I like I appreciate Liv doing that because that makes a storyline more cohesive. And make people actually go, holy shit, this is, this, there's some merit to this. This is real. Yep. And I like that from her. I, I love that from her. But like this, like I didn't, I didn't like the story. To me, it just, 
It just fell flat. Didn't like it. Long-term booking. Well, this isn't SmackDown. <laughs> this isn't SmackDown. SmackDown actually has long-term booking. And we're going to peer over to the land of SmackDown. And we're going to get into an angle that actually has some real long-term booking. Sasha and Bailey. And I know people are like, well, there's nothing going on there. Like, there's little hints and there's more and more hints that keeps getting thrown out there just consistently and no one's picking them up. Like, they did a live event and Sasha lost and Bailey grabbed her hair and yelled at her. Like, subtly, and it was like, wait, what? What what, what, what did happen? Like, when Bailey got punched, like, there was a tag team match between Lacey Evans and Dana versus Bailey and Sasha. Fucking Bailey moved and let Sasha get hit. Like, what? Wait, what? Like, you're friends. You're supposed to take up for her. You just, you just duck this. Huh? Okay. All right. We know where this is going. We're following along. Like, all these little subtle hints of this Sasha and Bailey thing. Perfect. Right now, it's, right now it's going to be Lacey versus Bailey at Royal Rumble. But we know where the long-term story is. And we're all here for it. Exactly. Speaking of another long-term story. The match that happened three times on the show on SmackDown. Not that there's nothing wrong with it. It was just the way that it was done. So it was a triple threat match. Number one contender for the for Bray Wyatt's title at Royal Rumble. Daniel Bryan, The Miz, Bartender Capron. It was... It started off with Bartender Capron coming out and Roman Reigns' music hit, and he falls. He gets beat up by Roman Reigns, and the two guys are just standing in the ring. The bell, the bell was about to ring, and everything. Miz and Brian are standing in the ring. This is the beginning of the show, by the way. They call off the match. Baron Corbin's too hurt to even wrestle. It's like, oh god. Well, it's going to be a one-on-one match. Miz versus Daniel Bryan. This is the middle of the show. They go out there, they start wrestling for about 10 minutes. Here comes Bartender Cabron and ruins the whole match. He's like, nope, I should be in this match. Screw you. After saying he didn't want to be in the match. Yes. And it's like, dude, like, why? So they stop the match and say, the end of the show, we're going to do the match. End of the show, they do the match. The match, the match is going great. Dick Zuggler gets in there. I mean, Dolph Ziggler gets in there. Super kicked somebody. Don't even remember who he super kicked. Then Roman Reigns came in there. He beat up bartender Cabron and a bunch of other people. And it was like, what the fuck? And it's like, okay. And then Miz and Brian have their little back and forth. And Brian hits him with an A. One, two, three. So Brian's going to the Firefly Funhouse and is going to be taking on. Bray Wyatt fiend. Yeah, you gotta specify the fiend. At first, when we started this shit, I didn't think we had to specify which is which, but apparently that's a thing now. Yes. So, yeah, that's a thing. 
that's where most of the storylines are going. Oh, there was a there was something that happened on SmackDown that I cannot forget because it was just so weird. So the New Day had a six man with Bray Wyatt versus Sami Zayn. Wait, what? And Cesaro. You said with Bray Wyatt? Yeah. Did I? I meant to say Braun Strowman. That's how to get up who Braun Strowman is. <laughs> with Braun Strowman versus Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Nakamura. So they're wrestling. Braun Strowman gets the pin on Nakamura because he has an Intercontinental title shot coming up soon. After the match, they make Braun Strowman dance. I I, I never laughed so hard. I never laughed so hard. It is so weird to see a huge guy dance. It is fucking weird. Like that. Why wow, you had like dudes like nimble as hell. Like what the fuck? It was like what the fuck, man. Like why? It was like it, to it the same level as seeing Triple H dance that one time. Yes. It has a storyline going on in fucking SmackDown that I don't know how I feel. Because I think I'm very pissed okay. off. But I'm not sure if I'm pissed off. The Mandy Rose and Otis thing. Oh, I'm fine with it. But I know I know where it's gonna go. And I like after this weekend, I didn't I didn't like what had happened. So for you know, those of you who don't know, last week Mandy gave Otis a ham. He fell in love with it and hugged her and got sweat on her on her dress. He came back and apologized this week. And he brought his grandmother's fruit cake to her. And she had it. And she's like, oh, thank you. This is amazing. So she walked to the back. Ten minutes later, Dick Zuckler shows up. And he goes, like, why do you have a fruit cake? And he puts it on the floor and talks bad about it. I was so irritated because he had fresh new Jordans on. And stepped in this fruit cake with fresh new Jordans. These are out-of-the-box fresh Jordans. Stepped in. Why would you ruin the Jordans? <laughs> Stepped in the fruit cake, and he's like, "You don't. He doesn't deserve you. I'm that guy that you need." And then they left, and Otis came and found a cake, and his big old heart was broken. I don't like. messing with Otis, man. Am I the only one expected oh Otis to lick the fucking floor? Yes, you are. <laughs> what do you think all fat people need to do that? What is that? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> man, that, that's just, that is just rude. Are you saying that because you expected it to? No, I didn't expect it. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what happened on SmackDown. Dude. What the hell? We didn't have any NXT this week, so... Yeah, if you're expecting a review on that, there's nothing to review except for the tag teams and the Dusty Classics. Woo! You're welcome. And the tag teams... The tag teams are Undisputed Era, um, The Forgotten Sons, Matt Riddle and Keith Lee 
and Kushida and mystery partner. Who could his mystery partner be? Good question. Because I hope it's somebody cool. But that's a really good question. Also, we have Gallus, Grizzled Young Vet, Imperium, and Flash Morgan Webster, and Mark Andrews. So those are your eight teams for the Dusty Classic. Those tag teams, all together, pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, I kind of like how they implemented the NXT UK gang in it, you know? Yes, yes. Like that's like that's what makes it cool because ninety percent of these people who are teams are teams, like they are tag teams. So they've been together, so they know each other, and it's really cool. Like Keith Lee and Matt Riddle have teamed up a bunch of times, even on the Indies they teamed up before. So this is like all of this is gonna be cool because we're gonna get to see some actual tag team wrestling, which is great. Yep. So, yeah, I'm all for it. And whoever Kushida's guy is, like, having that, like, logic and whatever that mindset that you just, like, put about, right? It has to be someone, mm-hmm. like, he, he's used to teaming with, you know? Okay. No. Okay. All right. All right. Now, I know I keep saying all right. There has been, okay, this year, there has been a bunch of guest coaches there's been a bunch of people that randomly showed up. One of those people he's very familiar with, and he held the IWGP Junior Tag Team titles with a bunch of times. And the last that I heard, this person was still like non committed to a contract. I'm just saying, he retired for a little while and came back, but I would be happy to see the time splitters reunite. Alex Shelley and Kishida at NXT. Oh, you said his name. Mm-hmm. I was just about to make a joke. I'll be shell shocked. Get it? Shell shocked? <laughs> yes, I got it. Like, that, yo, you put them in the in this, in this fucking same bracket with Undisputed Error and all these other teams. Dude. There will be there will be no other tag team tournament that can touch this tag team tournament. It it will it it will rock. My opinion, they don't and, even gotta win. Well, like it, it will be awesome regardless. Yes, yes, exactly. So I'm hoping that that's his partner and that would be cool. Yeah, I'm just going off your logic. Like it sounds like about right. Like that's the only guy I could think of to team up with him. Did he team up with um um Saban or no? I think that was a thing at moment. He did. He actually did team up with Saban a couple times, but that was when Saban had went over for the last best of the Super Juniors. Okay. And Kishida was about to leave, and they would team up, like, sporadically. So that was pretty cool. So I hope, like, I hope that it's somebody like that. That, if you fucking know. Yeah, to my knowledge, it's one of the other. He probably teamed up with a bunch more people, but it's one of the other. Yeah, it's one of the other. So that was our NXT review, which there wasn't really one. Now let's get into AEW. How did you like it? I don't even remember it, and we just finished watching it. Go. Okay. So it started off with with Darby Allen versus Cody Rhodes. 
Cody Rhodes has a manager slash enforcer, Arn Anderson. Now, I'm all for it because I love Arn Anderson, one of my top five. I was very confused in this match because I know what a manager is supposed to do, but Arn Anderson was calling out plays during a match that was like, hey, wait a minute, wait, you can't do that. Like, that's not what, wait, what? Because it was one point, which was the ending of the match, Cody was on the floor and Darby Allen went for the coffin drop and Arn Anderson yelled, knees up! And Cody put his knees up and Darby jumped on his knees. I know it's like, it's not a big thing, but to me it was like something very small and it was like, hey, wait a minute. That, 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 that kind of didn't, wait a minute, did you just cheat? Like, I don't know, it just felt like dirty to me. It just felt dirty. Cody feels a little heelish to me. Yeah, like it's something about that. And I know people out there is like, no, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Something's going on. Y'all see it after the whole MJF thing, like, like falls all, like over, like yeah, Cody's gonna go here, whether he went through today. I'm no, no, no. I'm actually about to bring up something about the MJF story. Okay. You know how we always go, oh, when that person keeps saying that they're gonna show the the other person the real real side and nobody ever fucking believes them mm-hmm. and then that person is just as fucking dark as everybody's been saying because MJF has been saying since day one Cody is the bad guy you people don't know the real him what if that's true I can see that and MJF was the good guy I can I'm, I can see it. I'm thinking on that yeah this is one of those storylines that if AEW did it it would make perfect sense. Like that makes perfect sense. Okay, they they just have to do it correctly. Like they okay. they fuck it up on like some other B level. Like nah. Well, I mean, they have been doing a lot of WWE level things. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We'll yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. They had a backstage interview with Joey Janela and Penelope. Well, Joey Janela, and he gets hit in the nut by Penelope Ford. And Kip Sabian shows up. Now, for those of you who don't know and haven't followed the podcast, two pay-per-views ago, literally two pay-per-views ago, they set up this storyline. Those two pay-per-views was like six months ago. They literally have not even crossed paths, been in the same arena, near each other, in the same scene as each other since then. They literally... Did that said fuck you guys you have to wait on it and literally when it happened and they had the crowd mic when it happened nobody went oh like it was a shock everybody was like oh like you, you finally got to it <laughs> good for you like I didn't like that because I had said it and I said it a couple times when it happened I was like yo they're gonna have a feud what did they do? Joey Janela to to Ty Dillinger. And it's like, dude, what? Wait, no. Like, that's not where it's supposed to go. What happened to Kip Sabian and Penelope Cruz? I mean, from Penelope Ford? Nothing. They were on dark in a couple matches. That's it. That was it. They didn't cross pass with Joey Janela. Nothing. Like, what the fuck? Like, this... Like, that didn't make any fucking sense. 
But you know what? It's a new year. We should give them a little credit. They're gonna figure shit out eventually. No, I, I'm giving them credit for this Cody thing. Like, hopefully they do that right. Because Cody does seem like he's heelish. So. Right. As for, like, that ho- yeah. this whole Joey Janela thing, I totally agree with you and whatever. Like, he already had a few with Sean Spears. You called him Ty Dillinger, by the way. I know what I called him. I'm just saying. I know. Throw it out there, right? Mm-hmm. But then, we thought it was over after, like, their big match and whatever. Then come again, they they went at it again. By the way, where is Sean Spears? That's another thing. Like, I understand everybody can't show up on the show, but like, at least keep some people heated up that when they do show up, you could be like, oh yeah, that guy still works here. Instead of, where is Sean Spears? Because I feel like I haven't seen him in the ages. He's wrestled on Dark, but some of the matches on Dark that he's wrestled, you'd be like, they don't advertise him. You know how when when Dark shows up on the timeline, they'll have the video and like the first person you'll see is like, oh, this person. On Twitter, they'll advertise two matches on Dark, but then it's four matches on Dark. And you're like, wait, I didn't know these other people wrestled on Dark. Because it's been plenty of times they advertise two matches and then I'll see something like, oh, Kenny Omega had a match on Dark. And it's like, wait, that wasn't even advertised. They need to do better advertising with Dark and like say, yo, this person, this person, this person gonna be on Dark. Yeah. Watch it. Exactly. Cause sometimes I don't even watch it because the two matches are like, oh, I'm, I'm not interested in that. I'm gonna skip it. And then somebody hit me up and be like, dude, did you see this match? I'm like, when did that match happen? Oh, it happened on Dark. Wait, no, they only had two matches. No, they had a bunch of matches. Like, wait, what? And then you watch Dark and you're like, Wait, it's like four matches on here and nobody talked about these matches. And it just leads to irritation and sometimes you just have to skip it. But and then they, they barely mention Dark on TV either, you know? Yeah, and like we're not pointing this stuff out to shit on AEW. We're pointing them out to get their shit together because we do want them to succeed. Yeah. But they need to get their shit together like it's like, and you can't say, well, it's like WWE doesn't do it. No, we don't care what WWE do because WWE is a shit company. They fuck up a lot. We're like, we watch them, but they do fuck up a lot. They fuck up a way lot more than AEW. And we thought AEW would be the alternative and it would be better, but it's just doing the same thing WWE does. Exactly. Like when you're used to something and they do it again, it's like, eh. We're more shocked when they do good, when more so when they do bad. When they do bad, like, it's okay, they did bad again, whatever. When they do good, it's like, oh, shit, we have to talk about that. Exactly. Nah, man. Whereas AEW, I'm like, you know, I've been, like, a heavy component of AEW failing because I'm like, why are you failing? You're supposed to be the alternative and whatever, like... You were the chosen one. I could use a fucking like Star Wars term and whatnot, you know? Like, if you do fail and you go out of business and whatever, for you being more like WWE, WWE is just going to turn around and do whatever the fuck they want now. You put a, you're putting a fire under their ass. They're doing slightly better 
than they were before you you came around. Just do better. That way, if you do better, you'll do better. The Rabid do better. Wrestling all around will do better. Exactly. Look what this has done for Impact Wrestling. Dude, I'm not even going to put them in the same category as Impact Wrestling. And and the reason I'm not going to do that is because Impact Wrestling has been good as a stand. They understand their product. They understand their fan base. They understand what people want to see. And they go out and consistently do exactly. it. They don't go overboard like, hey, we're going to be WWE like, we're going to be this. They go out and say, this is us. We're going to do this. And you're going to even like it or not, but this is our strategy and this is what we're doing. They have done a lot of cool things, except for the one bad thing that I could have laughed at them for. When Eddie Edwards had a birthday and they wished him happy birthday at 11.59 on his own birthday. That's that's, that's fucked up. Who the fuck does that? (laughs) Apparently Impact Wrestling. But that that was fucking hilarious. Everything else they do is good, but that one thing was fucking hilarious. And dude, you know how good Impact Wrestling is? I was listening to the fucking radio and they made a fucking commercial for Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard. Oh. And I heard it and I stopped what I was doing and was like, hold up. Wrestling companies do not promote on radios. How did you get on radio? And oh my God, you're on radio. I was like, holy shit. They promoted on radio? And they made a big deal about Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan. And I was like, holy shit, this is... It's that big that it's on the fucking radio. See? And AEW's trying to do shit the wrong way. Look, Impact Wrestling is on the radio, on syndicated radio, getting talked about. Just saying. Just saying. They're a valuable number two company. Basically. And they fuck up a lot too, but at least they're talk worthy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and when they fuck up, it's like, it's a basic fuck up where you're like, oh, well, yeah, we, you, could, you could basically fuck that up. Yeah. But it's not a fuck up like, how did you fuck it up? It's like, oh, you could fuck that up. It's, you know? Because they stopped their shit with trying to be better than WWE. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, during their whole, I guess, Money Night War thing, they, they tried to reignite and whatnot. If that were still going on today, oh, I most definitely would be shitting on them or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. but they're not trying. Like, they're trying to do them, which is what AEW should be doing. And I don't feel that that's what they're doing. I feel like, oh, that's what they're be doing. Then we're gonna do this too. We're gonna do what they used to do. Like they have a storyline going on right now with Adam Page leaving the elite and being an alcoholic. I'm watching with Renegade and he jumped, he walks into the private party's room and gets a drink and he goes, dude, what the fuck is this? Is he, is he an alcoholic now? And I had to tell him about the being the elite thing. And he was like, wait, then why wasn't that on TV? Like, this doesn't make any sense. If there's no backstory. It's just like a random part. And I'm like, 
oh shit you're right that doesn't make any sense like they should have explained that more and then like the little hints of him leaving the elite it's like you really don't have a back content unless you watch being an elite and sometimes people don't watch being an elite and they're left in the dark and it's like you guys should do better explaining that because I watched it a long time ago like we watched 205 Live. We barely talk about it, but we watched 205 Live. The one thing that 205 Live that gets on my nerves, but in a sense, is a good thing if you don't like watch it consistently like we do. They have Drake Maverick in the beginning tell you what happened last week, and basically like you know draws you in on what's going to happen this week. So they should do that with BTE. You know, exactly. tell you like, man, and doesn't have to be like the whole, all the silly parts or whatever, just the parts that are important to the story. Hence that. Exactly, like that would make a world of difference. Say they did a storyline where like they took out Sammy Guevara and whatever in um, BTE and whatever, and you don't see him for weeks and whatnot. You don't know what the fuck's going on. So, like, they should have that on the show, too. Exactly. Like, one of the storylines is going on right now that I don't know what's going on because, like, I feel like they keep pushing it off and pushing it off for, like, no reason is the whole Moxley versus Chris Jericho thing. Like, I feel like this should have been wrapped up like two weeks ago and we should be already on our way to having this title match. And also, JR spoiled it by accident. Because, okay, in AEW, John Moxley is getting recruited by the Inner Circle and Chris Jericho. Jericho's offering all them outlandish stuff, a big-ass car, 49% of the company, I mean, not the company, Inner Circle, and all of this crap. Like, he wants him to join the Inner Circle and not be his challenger. Like, the match was never talked about. It just was implied. And Jim Ross gets on commentary and was like, yeah, he's the number one contender. If Trent Beretta beats him, then what does that say for Trent Beretta? And I stopped was like, they never actually say that there. Like, we know, like, we know because we see what's going to happen, but they never say that. That's confused. People pay attention to JR and whatever, like, he lost a step. Like, he fuck up a lot. Yeah, he, he, he does a lot of messing up. Thankfully, Taz was there today to, to hold him up, and I was like, okay. Taz didn't lose a step. Taz is pretty good. I didn't mind Taz, like, props to Taz for coming back, but where's Shivani? Like, uh, like that kind of bothered me. Shivani, like, he kind of, he has an AEW contract, but he does have, like, his football and his baseball stuff that he has to call because he signed contracts with them before AEW. Okay. So he, he goes out and does that stuff, and they usually have to fill in for him, which I'm not mad at because Tony can be put in as an announcer or one of the backstage guys doing interviews. Either way, Tony is good. So, I 
Like, I don't really miss him with commentary sometimes. Because he's, he's going to do something really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, no, like, again, I didn't mind Taz. It just was like, I was wondering where Tony was. Oh, yeah. He was doing the Braves, I think it was. The Atlanta Braves baseball team. Yeah. And, okay. I have a question. Because this leads into the main event and another match. Okay. So, Dustin Rhodes was fighting Sammy Guevara. And Sammy Guevara beat him with the help of Jack Swagger. Now, if I'm not mistaken, does the inner circle have beef with the elite still? Yes. Or am I confused? No, they still have beef with the um and um. My God, I'm getting the whole thing confused. They still got beef with the elite. It's like everybody got beef with the elite because you have the dark, 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 dark what? Dark, dark, dark order. The inner circle. Uh, the butcher and blade. The butcher and blade. Pac, Pac and the Lucha Bro. Yep, yep. And it's like apparently now, um, what you call them? The the VIP or whatever the hell the the party. The private party. No, the private party has beef with Hangman Page, so they're gonna have a match with him and. Page and Kenny Omega next week where me and you both seen this because we've been calling this for weeks Page is going to turn on Omega yeah but as of right now since by default he's a member of the elite they have problem with the elite right right now as of right now yes yes and it's like they actually cut this promo earlier in the show and they were talking about how how they've done nothing but lose and they we were supposed to be the winners and we were supposed to change the game but all we've done is lose and we keep losing it's like and this year it's going to be different and they did win their match but at the same time it was like okay it's like okay now what yeah like now what like I felt like you won the match, but then you turn around and you have like 50 million people trying to kill you. And like, you can't beat them all. Like, I just feel like this is like, we're in like, they're in a bad place. Like they booked themselves right into a corner. Like you have 10 million people trying to kill you and you can't fight your way out of 10 million people. Like, I I don't know. It It feels like they did it wrong. Like, if... If they reversed everything and they were like the super bad guys and everybody else was coming for them, that would be different. Yeah. Like I like I honestly think they should have just went in there and said, Fuck you guys, we're booking ourselves as winners and you guys are gonna have to come after us. Kind of like I would have been like NWO type of thing. Yeah, I would have been mad for like the first week, be like, yo, why are they winning everything? And then after a while I'll be like, Holy shit, like there's some assholes. Somebody need to beat them. And I would tune in every week going, yo, I, I hope these people beat the elite. Nah. Nah. Yeah, tune in every but week nah. to see who the fuck beats their ass. Yeah, it's like, it's the opposite. I understand they want to get people over, but like, you're doing the opposite. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Because Jericho. Jericho as a heel is phenomenal. But Jericho mm-hmm. also as a face is equally as good. Like, he could come at your neck as either one. 
So, Jericho versus, let's say, the world champion Kenny Omega, which that's where I thought it was going to go, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, Jericho's the number contender, and, like, he keeps getting screwed, but he keeps, like, fucking with them. That would be gold. Exactly. Mo- Moxley, like, even though I'm not a big fan of where he's at right now, whatever, him fucking with him, with, with, with them, like, that would be good. Exactly. I have a small rant, because I'm not going to go into my really pissed off rant. I just want to know how to fuck John Moxley is the wrestler of the year by Sports Illustrated. Please. Someone in their right <clears throat> actual mind tell me why he is. <clears throat> Everybody got a price for the main dollar man. <laughs> I can't do the laugh. <laughs> okay. That, ex- that explains it because he's literally not even top 10 in anybody's list for the world but whatever do you sports entertainment I mean sports illustrated like he's alright but he's not my top 10 favorite wrestler he's not even my top 10 like favorite promo and whatever dude top 10 favorite wrestlers of the year he does not come into anybody's top 10 like nobody's top 10 like last week, his name wasn't even mentioned when we did the year in review show. Nothing that we did, he was mentioned in. He's not. He's not what they think he is. Like as much as we talk about Seth, we call him Seth boring. He's a way better wrestler than him. Yes. Sometimes he's a better promo than him. Yes. But yeah. But. But whatever. Like I said, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that was... No, I forgot to say that the Elite beat Lucha Bros and Pac. They beat them in the, in the show on a high note. They went to celebrate. They called... Uh, what's his face? Um, Hangman. They called him to the ring. He didn't want to go to the ring. And yeah. So that was a thing. So since we're not going to be back till after Christmas, and I know you guys are like, what? We already did the Christmas episode. This is a New Year's episode. I mean, Wrestling Christmas, which is Wrestle Kingdom. I'm going to talk a little bit about it. And I have... Well, I'm going to go on a rant. So, Tanahashi, Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of New Japan is going to face Chris Jericho, the AEW champion. And Tanahashi said, hey, if I beat Chris Jericho, I get a shot at the AEW title. And Jericho said, yeah, that's what's going to happen. So, that's a thing. The people that left to go to the elite, the AEW fans that left New Japan and do not give one fucking single solitary fuck about New Japan are saying I hope it happens 
I hope Tanahashi beats Chris Jericho so he can open the door. New Japan fans that are still in New Japan, that love New Japan, that actually care, are saying, hold the door. Hold the door. We don't want it to happen. <laughs> I don't want it to happen. I don't. I'm trying to be nice. But if you guys watch the room service episode of the BTE with Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and they were talking about New Japan and how bad they felt and how pissed off they was about getting like getting kicked out of New Japan. Let them have it. Let them be jealous girlfriends and stay over there. Keep these two people, keep AEW and New Japan completely separate. I I have been the happiest I've been since 2014 with New Japan because there is no elite in New Japan. So I am happy. Wrestling is a wrestling and it means something. That's my rant on that. Now back to the good times. Good times. The double double gold tournament with Obushi, Okada, Jay White, and Naito. Everybody has their theories and everybody is not in sync with it. Knowing a little bit that you know about New Japan, out of those four names, who do you think should win double gold? Wait, is it again? Okada, Ibushi? Ibushi, Naito, and Jay White. Who do I think should win, like, the whole shebang? Yes. Naito. That's what I'm thinking. But I've been seeing online people going, Jay White's going to win. That I don't know how I don't know how people would live after that. Then people are like, Ibushi's gonna win. It's like, hmm, that's, that would be good. And then I'm surprised that there's so much hate that if Okada wins, people are gonna riot. I'm like, wait a minute, he is the one of the best wrestlers in the world. But then I then I heard why people don't want him to win because he's been champion for a while and. It, and that means nobody would take the title off of him. Title. But there's a lot of yeah titles because a lot of people are like not hopeful that Naito is gonna walk out of this. It's we're literally 48 hours from the dome, and I am actually a little concerned myself. Okay. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that Naito might not walk out of this, and if he doesn't walk out of this. I'm going to have an emotional breakdown, but I'm going to be all right. Which means I'll be your new host, y'all. <laughs> yes. But hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident, even though I'm not the biggest New Japan fan, that Naito's going to be the guy because, like, judging by, like, the things you told me and whatever, and yes, I get my information from New Japan from him, for the most part, y'all. Uh, this is like a long storyline, you know what I mean? So, it should be him on paper. 
six year storyline. Yeah. But yeah. And also John Moxley is going to be wrestling January fourth. He's gonna be fighting Lance Archer in a Texas death match. Which is a match that you could win by submission and knockout count out. I mean not count out, out the ring, but like if you knock somebody out, they don't get up by the bell. What the hell is the difference between knockout and count out though? A count out is getting counted out the ring. I'm the knockout is you don't get up. Like by 10. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's just terminology. And the funny thing about that, the winner of that match will the next night face Juice Robinson for the U.S. title. Funny part about that, Juice Robinson the night before will be taking on G.O.D., with Juice Robinson's partner, David Finley, who is the son of Fit Finley, going against the sons of Haku. Okay. So, yeah. It, that's going to be a good tag team match. I knew all that, but hearing that out loud made it a lot more interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of good things. And hopefully I don't come in here crying next week. But it might happen. Hopefully not. I'll make a hell of a show. It would. It would. I feel like there's some big news that broke that I cannot remember. Do you remember anything that, that we're supposed to talk about that we forgot to talk about? I remember that it is 2020, y'all. Happy New Year. Okay, with that being said, screw the shit. We're out. <laughs>